Hey everyone, I'm Dahlia. And I'm Alma. This is Nightmare on Fifth Street, a horror movie podcast. Before we get into the movie, um, I hear click clacking on your and Alma. That's okay. It's not a big deal. Um, as you all know, I get super distracted, though. <laughs> so I want to know what the click clacking was. Alma's just making was, faces at me and not answering me. Because <laughs> I, I was on mute. It wasn't really? me. I, yeah, I had oh, that's myself. So weird. <laughs> that's weird. Oh, that's why I'm like, listening okay. like, I don't hear anything. <laughs> I guess it was on my end. I'm so embarrassed now. I'm over here blaming you for the click clacking. It was me. It was me the whole time. <laughs> so Alma and I just got done visiting with each other. It wasn't a long enough trip, though, Alma. It was too nope. short. And I don't even think we took a picture together. <gasps> we did not. No, we definitely we did not. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we so need to I... remedy that real soon. Yeah, we have to plan another trip immediately <laughs> i don't know to where like wh- where were you thinking like just yeah place, just I don't the top United of my States. head montana just came to me it's like oh let's just go i know there. why because <laughs> the top of your head the top of the u.s well not ex- not including Is alaska it? oh dude, fuck i just skirt over alaska now. dude <laughs> why are we doing geography again we established this on our last episode that we don't know or i don't know where anything is and now you're making me think about you know, you know what's so confusing? This movie that we're covering today, which is The Queen of Spades. It took me a second to remember. Um, so the, the title is confusing where, to you, but go on. Where, where the fuck is it? <laughs> oh, my God. Right. I have no yeah. idea. So we're going to get into it here in a minute. But the movie is The Queen of Spades. And we have Russian soldiers, which I assumed were French soldiers. I knew they were in Russia. But I assumed that they were French soldiers. I don't know why. Don't ask me why. I just thought they were French soldiers stationed in, I was about to say in Alaska, <laughs> in Russia. So I, I had an idea what was going on in Russia because they had the Romani. They had some Russians. They were speaking. They were playing like Russian games, things like that. But like I said, the whole time I thought these were French soldiers stationed there. Oh, you know why I thought so? Because of their names. They had they had French sounding names. That's why. Oh, but okay. Maybe it's a mix of the Russian and the. Uh, I know y'all are thinking. Does it even matter? Yes. No. It matters. It doesn't. It, ma- <laughs> it matters to me. It matters to me because I'm curious now. Especially after Alma just said it, I was just going to accept the fact that you know I had no idea what kind of soldiers they were. Um, whatever doesn't matter now. But let's go ahead and get into it. Um, the name of the movie is The Queen of Spades. It's a 1949 movie. And I like to always say it's a 1949 movie. Actually, Wikipedia calls it a 1949 film. That makes it extra fancy, Alma. Did you know that? I know. Sometimes I try to make sure that I use the word film more because I always say movies and I want to seem like a professional. Don't listen to this beginning of this podcast if you want to hear professionals. Wait, let's just get into it. Now we're professional. Okay, professional mode. 
I try. Like while I'm writing, especially when I'm writing, I alternate between movie and film, but it's like a, a switch that I have to put in there. Cause I'm like, you know, sometimes they're just movies though, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they are just movies, but this is a film y'all. And this mm-hmm. film is about, about an army officer becomes obsessed with learning the secret to a card game, which an elderly countess sold her soul for years earlier. Dun, dun, dun. It's a fantasy do that. <laughs> horror movie, I believe it's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, so Alma, why don't you tell us who's in it, who directed it, all that good stuff. All right. This movie, this film, we just went over this, was based on the 1834 short story of the same name by Alexander Pushkin, written by Rodney Acklin and Arthur Boys. For a while, I thought it meant the Arthur boys, like it was two brothers or something, but that's... It does sound like that, Arthur boys. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, and it stars, it has a bunch of people in it, so um, they have names, and they're sometimes they're called other things, and when people have regs and whatnot, it's like they chose on purpose to mess with me and call each other different things all throughout the movie. But it basically stars Anton Walbrook as Herman, and he's like the chief dude, like who is, um, you know, he's all like, oh, I'm reserved, you know, and I'm not going to play your card game. And Anthony Dawson as Fyodor, Edith Evans as the old countess and Pauline Tennant as the young countess and Yvonne Mitchell as Elizaveta Ivanova. And she is the main character. She's the ward of the old countess and Ronald Howard as Andre. And he is the one who we'll see in the film is falling for uh, Lizaveta. Lisa. And they ha- yeah, for Lisa. Yeah. And the Countess's son is the prince. And I never caught his name. So, oh, well, we're going to move on. He's <laughs> the prince of something sounding French. That's what I said. It sounded, like I said, all their names sounded French. Maybe it's just the delivery, the way they were doing it. Okay, so the movie intro, A Tale of Old St. Petersburg. Okay, that's Russia right there. In 1806, the craze of gambling had spread throughout Russia. Faro, a simple card game similar to our snap, was all the fashion. Uh, When I read that, I was like, "Uh, what's our snap? I don't know. I'm like, oh, yeah, snap. You don't know snap? (laughs) And fortunes were won and lost on the turn of a card. As a result, there arose many superstitions concerning the cards. One of these was the evil, evil influence of the Queen of Spade. And that's why that's where we get our, our, our name, the name of the movie. I'm just fumbling over the name of the film. That's why, because I didn't the name of the want film. to the film. Because you, now you're self-conscious about the word because you're like, am I calling it a film? Is it a film? I'm uh, stuttering this... over my words right now because I'm, I'm not fully caffeinated, y'all. That's oh, why. <laughs> look at you. We both have giant cups of yours is more giant give me a break i know i'm like uh, this dali this is only 24 ounces okay i already had my usual giant mug but dali has a badass mug the queen of spades thing when i saw that in the intro it's like man did they love to hate on women it's it's like i'm gonna make the queen of spades, the queen specifically, the woman in the deck of cards. It's like they just randomly assign evilness, um, hate to women. It's like, what did we do, man? Who hurt you? And it's like, really, that's what the, like the um, the 
whole like pit of evil is because some dude like thousands of years ago, some woman said no, and he hated that. So then he just started making up shit and then generations went with it. Okay. Um, that's funny that it said the old St. Petersburg. It's supposed to be, yeah, in eight, um, in Russia, but it's filmed. Oh, no, I can't even remember where it was filmed. But that's why it confuses. And also because, the, once again, when they're, when they're of a different time period, I have no idea what year or anything that is happening. But it's 1806, and back then they had candles. So they had light. They didn't have electricity. No? Okay. Uh, yeah. It's so funny because they even show, there's a part where they show um, the candles being lit on the street. Um, remember how they used to do that? Um, when a candle blows out, you're in the complete dark. It's like, ooh, it's just set up for spookiness. I think that's why people believed in ghosts so much back in the day because all you had was a candle. As soon as that candle went out, that's it. That's all you had. You didn't have TV. You didn't have radio. You had nothing. They didn't have science. So they don't know what like wind is. Right? Did they have like meteorology and stuff? So it was like, what did that? It was the fucking devil. That's who did it. Turned out that candle and it's coming for me. So the root of this movie is this evil. Now it's pretty much plays out like I was <laughs> getting Pride and Prejudice vibes. This is like Jane Austen, but I'm here for it. I was like, oh man, they had so many like private conversations, secrets, and everything had to be done like on the on like, ooh, we're being secretive about everything. And that must have been like really exciting. If you don't have like TV. You don't have stuff. And if you're like the ward, like Lizaveta here, who is her only job is to keep the old contest, like countess or whatever company, like, you know, exercise was, let's go for a walk in the yard. Like they don't have shit to do. So all they had was tea, like figurative tea is secrets and um, evil to talk about. I would have made up some shit. I would have been real evil making up shit. You said figurative tea, but it was also literal tea. They drank a yeah, lot of tea back tea in time. the day. Yeah, they were just drinking their teas and selling their wares. And <laughs> they didn't even have cold stuff. No, unless they put it out in the snow mm. or when it was cold. That's the only way it turned out cold. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're missing out on good stuff, man. Lots of good stuff. But okay, so let's get into the movie now. Uh, Captain, you know how they pronounced his name? It, it was not Herman, but Airman. And I, the whole time I kept thinking Airman, like Airman Brown or Airman, <laughs> your, your infamous Airman Brown. Airman Brown is uh, Alma's creation of uh, somebody who takes the back seat and hides behind the others so they don't have to step up and do the job. So but this, this one isn't quite like that. This dude is trying to do bad stuff. Okay, so it starts off with Airman Brown just observing other people playing. He's an observer. Mm -hmm. That's what he is throughout this whole movie. He's an observer. We're going to get into his stockiness and all that. Um, but he's observing the other officers in a bar play a game, but yet he's not playing himself. He's just observing. And they start yeah. noticing this, like, dude, why are you just watching us play? He's like, I'm not going to play that if I'm, I don't have a chance to win. Well, what the fuck are you doing here, though, bro? It started growing up big time. There was fights ensued. It was like, yeah, this guy's just sitting there not really doing anything. I could see how the other officers got annoyed. I also thought it was really weird that they got on him because he was an officer of the engineers. Why was that a bad thing? It's like they, they're like, ooh, engineer. Like, you're not okay. good enough for us here. 
I'll get I'll get it in, into it for you here because I am quite the scholar and um, <laughs> um, historian of literature because I have read Pride and Prejudice and Jane Austen books so many times in my life. That's this is where I get my history from. Not like no joke because he didn't come of money and because he has no money the engineers were he's pretty much at like the highest rank that he's going to get to unless he can pay to advance and back then you had to pay for your officership okay so at every like if you wanted to get higher in ranks it was who you knew and how much money you have so basically even though he was somebody of esteem he really wasn't going to get further. He was pretty much stuck. He had to save all his money and that makes him miserly and he's kind of not content with it. And that's why I'm like, I'm drawing all these comparisons because he is just, he's just like going to watch. He's like, he doesn't have a cent to spare because if he did, then he would lose anything that he can look forward to. I mean, he's not even like a very suitable mate of their time. He would have to marry somebody who had even less like money like nobody with a lot of money would be giving their daughters which is basically what they did in trade for money and valuables yeah that sounds so ugly the way you say it giving it their is daughters it's really gross trade. it's really gross and that's why i'm like but i read it like every time i look this it's like wow that's so bizarre so he's just like he's just the voyeur is voyeur only sexual i always forget that it is okay um I always forget that, but he's just, he's just watching, but he also doesn't look nice. Does he like the other guys are cutting it up from like the lower rankings to the officers. Everybody's dancing. Everybody's engaged and having a great time. They have these beautiful dancers, singers, and they're like having a really good time. And he's just like watching them almost with contempt. And, <laughs> and it's like, dude, just, just relax. And they, they're talking about it because he always come but he doesn't do anything fun. So what does that leave him with? He wants to like, uh, does it get right into the story of yeah, who tells does, him the story? Um, that he Nobody tells him the story. Again, he's being, he's on the outside listening in. There's this older countess that has, uh, yeah, she, she knows the way of the cards because supposedly some kind of, uh, so she sold her soul for how to play the cards. And here's the other thing again, this is where um, Herman is not even bothering to to learn the game or how to play it or anything. Well, maybe he is learning how to uh, learning how to play the game, but he's not even playing to to win. He wants a shortcut, and once he hears that the older countess has that shortcut, he doesn't even care how she sold her soul to the devil. He's like, "Ooh, sell my soul, soul to the devil? Yeah, I'm there. That way, I can win this game." And you're right. He's saving up all this money. But what is he saving up for? He has this accountant dude that he goes to and gives his money to. But what is he saving for? He's not saving for anything. He gives himself an allowance of his own money so that he can get by during the week. I don't know. From the beginning, I just didn't like this dude one bit. I, he was not anyone I was cheering for at all. Mm -hmm. We have the right vibes, too. He um, he goes to a library conveniently finds the book which may supernaturally have fallen almost in his lap and that's when they do a reenactment kind of like a flashback of that story that Dale was just talking about but I liked it the way they did that because it's all it the way that you see that dreamy sequence it's foggy and whatnot 
and they show how that woman, the countess was married. Ooh. And she was seeing someone's secret, but that guy was bad. And all he really wanted to find out was how the countess got her fortune. So he was just using her and then kind of blackmailed her into stealing her money. And so that's why she sold her her soul to the devil. But I would really have liked that sequence that played out. Like, where did she meet the devil? Like, did she have to travel, you know, or like, was, was it really a dungeon? Enjoying, yeah, I was really enjoying the story being told. It was, like you said, very dreamlike. It sounded, it, it must have been a, out of the actual book or actually out of the actual story that this uh, movie is based on because it was so in-depth and I wanted it just to keep going. I wanted it to come back through the rest of the film and it really didn't other than referring to the fact that the older countess, you know, sold their soul. I know we keep saying that, but it's like a big part of this whole thing. Like how, why does Herman keep continuing on with this if, if that's what he, if he really believes this and he does, he does believe it because he's trying to figure out a way to get the secret to the cards. Again, the secret to the cards is him playing a game. It's him playing a game and gambling. It's fucking, you know, I get it that people have addictions to gambling and all that. But this guy hasn't even played. He hasn't even played the fucking game. And he already wants to come in on a shortcut by by selling his soul to the devil. I'm like, dude, slow down. At least play the game once or twice instead of just sitting there trying to find this shortcut. Well, anyways, he starts coming around the countess's home. And while he's doing that, he sees a beautiful young woman in the window. And that's the countess's young ward. Uh, Lisa is what they call her. Um, and he starts admiring her from the distance. Like, ooh, I want to I want to meet Lisa. I'm going to try to figure out a way to meet her. And then he starts becoming very stocky. He's like, you know, not stocky, but stocky. <laughs> I don't make sure I say um, and and he's trying to find ways to meet her and all this stuff. In the meantime, the countess' grandson and the grandson's friend start coming around too. But that's his grandma. So, I mean, of course, he's going to start coming around to the countess. Um, and that's when the friend of the their prince, they're both princes. Ooh, very, very fancy. Um, but they both, uh, they're both there and the friend starts becoming enamored with the young ward. But unfortunately, she's like a caged bird. She's like not allowed to go out unless it's with the countess. She's not allowed to do anything fun. She wants to go. God, I can't even remember where she wants to go. It's like no big deal. And the countess is like, oh no, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be alone. But she's mean about it. She's the mm -hmm. countess is so mean about not letting her do anything. It's like just let her live her life. But no, she's holding her prisoner in this home. Um Essentially, that's what she's doing, all because she doesn't want the the younger ward to go out and have any fun. And also because the countess will feel lonely. She's really mm -hmm. afraid of being alone. So that's why she always has to constantly have somebody by her side. And that includes the young ward. Mm -hmm. And she's just a kind of a product of the times, poor Lisa, because even if she was from wealth or obviously she has some connection because they used to talk about that in olden times too. They are of good or poor connection. She has a good connection, which is the countess. If she keeps her company, she is going to be cared for. She is an orphan. Her, both her parents have died. And back then 
you were not allowed to pass on your wealth to your daughters. The women wouldn't get it. It would always be the male relative. So being with her is something that at least keeps her off the streets. And just, <laughs> but keeps that, her off the streets. That sounds horrible. I don't know where they would put her, but the countess is so funny because she like has nothing to do. The woman is just sits and walks and looks around and is fed and dressed and and everything. And then she just has this this young woman who she picks on, tells her she dresses whatever scandalously and she's showing too much collarbone and and whatever. <laughs> she might have showed her ankle when she was walking down the steps. And that that is what she likes company. And you're right. The the prince obviously doesn't mind visiting her because he's not like the company that was is gonna sit by her all day and keep her company. All he has to do is just visit her. It's like just say hello, give her a kiss and oh, he's the, you know, he's the boy and he's we, you know, or whatever. And it's just, it's just like an interesting setup. That's why I, I keep seeing the parallels with, with Mr. Darcy in um, Pride and Prejudice because that's Herman all sad. And then, <laughs> and then Mr. Bingley is the like jovial young guy with the friend and, and everything like that. And this is this is what they're doing. What would like wouldn't it drive you just completely? I mean, they don't have anything to do. It's it's so exactly. funny. It's it's boring and she's not letting her do anything. So uh Lisa has to accompany the countess to um she I think she calls it the bird market, but there's other stuff being sold there, but I think she calls it the bird market because she's going there for birds. Birds in cages. There's somebody selling a whole bunch of birds in cages. And while they're there, the countess doesn't even go into the bird market. She stays in her little buggy. And uh, Lisa walks out and she's looking around. And then this is where Andre, remember Andre is the friend of the grandson. Um, he encounters her out there and just starts talking to her and everything. And then Lisa's looking all the, at all the birds. And she's commenting on, if I had a whole bunch of money, I would just let all these birds free. Again, because that's her life. You know, she's this bird being kept in a cage. So, um, okay. So in the meantime, all this is going on. Fucking Herman is over here being stalking now. And he starts sending Lisa a whole bunch of letters because she can see him from her window. He's always standing outside her window, looking up like a little pervert. And um, she starts getting letters from him. And soon she starts falling for him because his letters are so, you know, beautiful. Um, and he's trying to make plans to see her. Uh it, it, I don't know. It's just really creepy the way he starts, you know, just starts doing it so suddenly. He doesn't know her. He did nothing like that. I mean, I get that people were falling in love differently because the way that the way that times were, they didn't have the time to really court or anything. People were just, oh, you two look like suitable mates. You start mm -hmm. dating, date twice, and now you're married. Um, but he was just being really stalkerish. Just stand, it, it bothered me the way he was standing outside her window. She's on the second or third um floor of this uh, of where the countess lives and she's looking down and every single time she looks down there he is pervert herman just looking up and staring at her it really creeped me the fuck out did you know what he was doing at that time that he had a plan that he had formulated to 
Okay. I didn't, I didn't understand either. It was kind of quickly that he looked like he was, but I, I attributed it to the time, like you mentioned. And interesting enough, the Countess's grandson, the prince, is giving Herman helpful advice on writing a letter to her and has but he no, doesn't know. Yeah. Yeah. He, well, he doesn't, he doesn't think anything's wrong with that. Like he's helpful. He has no idea who the girl is, but when yeah. the other prince, his friend says he has a crush on her or whatever word they used to say back then. <laughs> um, uh, he is like, are you sure? She's like, blah, blah, blah. Because they're, she's like of a lower station. Like, why would you be looking at her? She's just a poor, sad. Like, he says it all mean. Like, encourage your friend to have a woman, you know? <laughs> Instead, he's like, why her? Ew. <laughs> but at the same time, at the same time, he does start to kind of help by trying to arrange times where they could get together and all that. But um, but you're right. It was like the way he initially reacted was like, why her? But he does help his friend. Um, so Andre, the prince's friend, is is trying to um, woo over Lisa. And at the same time, Herman is being really creepy, really fucking creepy about it. Well, it turns out that Herman and Lisa get an opportunity to meet up. But this is where it really, really fucking pisses me off because he essentially... Uh, uh, I forget the word I'm looking for, but in a letter that he writes to Lisa, he says, I have to meet you tonight or I will kill myself. I'm like, it's coercion. manipulates her. Yeah. Yeah. The, the manipulation and coercion and that there's like a better term for it that we use because we're aware of this now. It's that very manipulative coercion that people will use to be, to get their, you know, the object of their desire or whatever. And it's, really bad because the letter is like do it or this other thing and then it's left on you like you're the one to blame if I am forced you know to do this because you didn't care about me as well and he didn't even need to do that because she was already like eyeballing him outside the window and is like that apparently that's what they did back then and that was cool you see someone out your window staring at you all day you're like that's my man that's the one I want and okay, so yeah, so at the same time, I know I keep saying at the same time, but this is the way the movie is happening. It's like, well, this is happening. This other thing is ex happening at the exact same time. So finally, we have a moment where um, the grandson of the countess realizes what's going on and um, tries to tries to reason with him first. And then breaks off their friendship and tries to warn Lisa that Herman is dangerous. At the time, I didn't, I don't think he really had any real reason to think that. I think he just doesn't like Herman. Um, and, and that's why he's telling Lisa, yeah, don't bother with him. He's dangerous, blah, 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 blah. Um, at, and it's also Andre. Andre doesn't like Herman. Again, this could be because it's his competition. I, I don't know. I got a little confused at the time because other than, than the fact that they don't like him, that he's been really weird at the bar, just staring at them. I didn't see how we know that he's creepy and he's starting to become dangerous, but I didn't see how they, the grandson and Andre saw that he was dangerous. I think they just didn't like him being the competition. I don't know. What'd you think, Alma? 
You're on mute. I think <laughs> that <laughs> I know I kept myself by accident. Um, I really didn't understand that either, but I honestly think it had to do with more of the fact that he knows that his friend isn't like, he's not in an equal in their military ranks and at their money. And so I really think that even if you had a friend who might've been not as well off as you, and that's okay, you still didn't want that person in your family or to be in it. And I really think that because remember, there are points where he takes his friend to go sit with the countess, but does he ever take Herman, even though Herman is invited to these parties, those parties are down here. They're at bars. They're with other sailors or whatever the hell they are. And that's fine. But he wasn't going to have Herman be up here at the ball and at the, at the, um, you know, when they were at the theater or or whatever, like, I really think Mm -hmm. it had more to do with that. Like he looks down upon his friend. So even if his suspicions were correct, that Herman was a bad guy. It, I think it had more to do with the fact that he doesn't have money like him. And that's just the, okay. the whole root of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I accept that. Because like I said, mm-hmm. I didn't see any... We saw why how he was being dangerous. Like I said, um, he found this opportunity, Herman, for him to meet up with Lisa. And that was at the theater or opera. I don't know what it was. Um, and basically, like I said, he manipulated her and said, I'm going to kill myself if I can't. And so, of course, Lisa's like okay, then I'll meet up with you. Who knows if she was even in love with him anymore at this time? Because it seemed like she was falling for him with all the letters and all that. But after this, I'm like, how? we don't know. We don't know if she actually still had feelings for him because the way he's manipulating her. So they met up at the, for like a brief second, for like the briefest of seconds. Because first of all, Lisa couldn't get away from the Countess. The Countess has to have... Lisa, um, yeah, Lisa next to her. But then this is where the grandson and Andre meet up with the countess. And so all four of them are sitting in this box, box seats. I guess that's what they call them. I don't know if that's what they called them back in the day, but that's what I'm calling them, these box seats. And Lisa sees her chance to break away from them because the countess is not alone. So I don't remember what she said to get away. And she goes downstairs to meet Herman and she meets him for like a brief second. And then she's all like, oh, I can't do this. You know, I have to go back up to the countess. So that's what ends up happening. But then during all this, Lisa ends up making plans at a later time to meet up again with Herman, but this time run away with Herman. And again, I don't know how she felt for him anymore at this point, because all we're seeing it really is Lisa's side of the, when we see her, it's her just following through with what Herman's asking. We don't see her like lovingly thinking about him or lovingly looking out for him. It's always just looking out for him, uh, reading his letters, all this stuff. We just seeing Herman write these beautiful letters and trying to meet up with Lisa and making these plans. But finally, the the what they do is Lisa and Herman make plans for her to escape, basically, leave the countess's side. And they're gonna run off together. Um and it was it was it's really if it was if it was uh romantic, it was if it was supposed to be really truly romantic, it would have been romantic. She's supposed yeah. to leave the candle by the window and uh-huh. all this stuff, and they're supposed to sneak. He's supposed to sneak in to come get her, and they're going to run off. And it was very beautiful. But we we know that Herman is being just 
really gross about the whole thing. Um, we don't know what his true intentions are right now, but we this is when we start to come up and see what happens. He's able to sneak into the house and we think he's going up to Lisa. Lisa's here getting all ready and everything. But instead of sneaking in to get Lisa, he sneaks into the countess's room. Now, what happened was their plans had been fudged a little bit because the countess came back. I don't know if she came back early or what, or um, yeah, I think he uh, was caught off guard for some reason, even though yeah, he, he was sneaking exactly, in there. Exactly. But he takes this opportunity, opportunity to go into the countess's room. And that's where we find out his true intentions. And what were those true intentions, Alma? He's like, you're going to tell me this secret. The thing is, up to this point, we really don't know if the story he read in that book was this countess. He's just convinced that this story, this legend was of this countess because she just happens to be one. And he has no other reason, no other suspicion to, to like lead him to this. He has a pistol and he goes up to this old woman, very elderly uh, she can't even have the strength to lay down on her own and gets in her face and is like, you're going to tell me and I'll leave you alone. You're going to tell me. And then the curse that you have will come to me. I'll take it from you. If you just tell me the secret of the card game, that is his whole plan. I, who knows how long this took? It could have been like a year. His plan of secret letters and sneaking around and skulking you're right. outside. We don't, you're right. We don't know no how clue. long all of this is happening. We just know it, that he's courting her. It could be three days. It could be a year. You're correct. Mm -hmm. And he holds a pistol to this old woman. And she has. She is mum. She mums the word. I don't know if that's the correct way to use that. <laughs> She's completely silent. And for some reason, he did bring a gun to this old woman and threatens her with death if she doesn't give up the secret. And she dies. She dies, heart attack, of fright, whatever. And he instantly is shocked. And here's the thing though, he is scum. He definitely scared this woman to death, but nobody knows. So why is he making such a big deal of this? If he said nothing and just snuck out of the castle, nobody would know. Instead, he goes and tells uh, Lisa what he's done and that he had a gun, but he didn't shoot her. But she's dead because he murdered her. Like, those are his words. Like, I, I know. Murdered her. I was wondering the same thing. He could have gotten away with it. I'm totally not on his side. I'm totally not on his side. But he could have gotten away with it. He could have sneaked out. Or if he didn't want to sneak out, he could have gone up to Lisa's room because that was the whole plan he knew. And he could have just been gone about their business like, hey, let's escape or you know what? Let's not escape tonight, uh, whatever. And they would have just found because the countess was old. The countess was old. They could have just found her dead in her chair. She and died that was peaceful uh -huh, exactly. in her sleep. Right. But for some reason, he has to tell Lisa um, the gun's not loaded. He was just trying to scare her. And then this is where we find out that he was never actually in love with Lisa. He was mm -hmm. using Lisa to get to the countess. What a piece of shit. He's, he's doing all these things, manipulating Lisa. Again, who knows at this point if Lisa's even in love with him anymore. She just didn't like being used. So she's done with him get out of here. Of course, at this point, does it even really matter? He had no feelings for her. He was faking it all. Um, no. So she throws him out and that's that's the end of them, right? Um, but she does have the prince to fall back on who has mm -hmm. 
known this whole time that there's no way he loves her. He's he's like he knows that he's up he's up to no good. He just knows it in his gut, and he does love Lisa. And he had warned her, and yet this has all happened. So that's the only person she has to confide in. And luckily for her, he's allowed in the presence of the countess because she does tell him what happened. And they have a funeral. And this is where the subtle haunting comes in of the movie. He is now going to be subtly haunted. <laughs> it's a wind. No, it's the ghost yeah, of the countess. Exactly. <laughs> it is subtly ha- haunted. I like the way you say that. But yeah, she... He goes to the he goes to the funeral. He acts like a fool at the funeral. Mm. Again, why do these people do this? He's acting like a yes. fool at the funeral. He goes back to his apartment, and then while he's there, he gets haunted by her. Uh, we don't ever really see what's haunting him in the hallways or anything no. like that. But then when he's I, there's I a lot of remember. wind. There's yeah, a lot of wind and shadows. I don't, there's... I don't. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say that I rewound it a few times. Because I thought I missed her. <laughs> I thought the ghost was in there and I didn't see it. So I was like, rewind. Okay. Nope. She's not there. Okay. Let me rewind again because we do hear a whisper and a candle gets blown out. There's some ruffling of stuff and um, you can hear the wind. You can see some shadow moving, but nothing like very drastic or jump scary or anything like that. It's now we're going to hear the countess whispering to him that I'll tell you the secret. I'll tell you the secret. Do it better. Do you have a ghost voice? I don't have a ghost voice. I, I don't have a ghost, ghost voice. <laughs> I don't have a ghost <laughs> voice. I don't have She's a ghost like, voice at all. You asshole. If I tell you the secret, <laughs> then I'll, I'll tell you the secret if you marry my ward. And yeah. he's like, oh, I can do that. But to me, I'm like, She's like, going to agree to marry you, you loser. <laughs> she already told her you married the Countess. And she did love the Countess. That's who cared for her, even though she was like frustrated and penned up and living in the cage. Um, th- that woman, she loved her. This is a woman who cared for her. She's going to be sent away now that the Countess is dead. She has to pack her shit, hit the streets, get out of here. <laughs> and um, yeah, so he's like, okay, well, then I'll tell her that I still want to marry her and I do love her. And she whispers the secret, which is just some cards that he's supposed to play. What does that Mm -hmm. even mean? These three cards, Mm -hmm. Um, they are three, seven and ace. So he memorizes these numbers and he goes over to Lisa and says, I I do love you and I do want to marry you. I don't know how he was going to convince her, like maybe say, I think he even said, you know, at first I I was trying to use you, but I fell in love with you. And she's like, boy, get the fuck away from me. So she doesn't fall for that bullshit. She's actually starting to be courted by Andre, who's very sweet. He's he, he wasn't doing things creepily. Well, he was kind of using the prince, but in a nice way, <laughs> in a nice way, he was uh, he was using the prince to his advantage. But she's like, she's done with Herman. She's absolutely done with that. And finally, Herman's like, well, fuck this. I'm going to go to the gaming salon. That's what they call it, a gaming salon. I call it a bar. Um, so he takes his entire life savings, entire life savings that he had been keeping with his bookkeeper. He takes it all. And I think if I remember correctly, the bookkeeper wishes him luck and he's, he takes off and he's going to go play. But when they show up, remember, they don't 
they don't look at Herman nicely. They just don't like him. They think he's dangerous. Again, they have no reason to think that. They just don't like him. Um, and uh, while they're talking and fighting and all this, Andre challenges Herman to a duel. And Herman's like, okay, but let's play this game that we have no idea is how we how it's played. Faro. <laughs> <laughs> That's supposed to be like slap. But what's slap? Who knows? Let's play this game. And Andre's like, good. I didn't want to die by pistol anyways. <laughs> um, so they start to play. And Herman's betting his money on the three cards. I already forgot the three cards. Three, seven, and ace. Now, remember, he's supposed to win because he sold, basically now sold his soul to the devil. He listened to the countess. And he's playing these three cards, three, seven, and ace, Alma. But does that even work for him, Alma? No, no, of course it doesn't. No, it does at first. Dun, dun, dun. Well, here's he, the thing about the cards, which is interesting because he, I'm like, they had like, I guess they had rules back then. They're like, sure, we'll doodle to death. Let's just play this card game first. And they they have their their, their decks. And I'll give you the definite, I looked it up of how the card game is supposed to be played or where it is. But he chooses the cards from his own deck. So this is why the game looks completely made up. It's like you have a deck of cards that he pulls out his card, which is the first one, which, and the queen is, I mean, the countess is whispering those numbers over and over to him. And the other guy is willing to bet equal amount, but he doesn't have that money on them. Even though they usually only bet small amounts, it's like the prince is worth it. He's using the Herman is using his whole entire life savings of, I think it was 74 or $84,000. He bets it all. And the prince is like, well, I'll write you a note. And if I was him, I'd be like, if I had lost, I'd be like, mm, I'm just going to rip this note up. But apparently they're men of their word. And they play the card. He wins the first one with his three, which he's chosen from the deck. Then they go to the next one. He's like, I'm betting it all again. They double the money and they put it in and he writes another little promissory note and puts it on the, on the money pile. And, he pulls the seven and the other, he wins. He wins again. But it's the third card that was supposed to be the winner of the card game, I guess. And he pulls an ace from his deck. The countess is whispering, ace. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy is like, he pulls his card and he's like, I win. But when he turns his card over, it's the queen of spades dun, dun, dun. and he the queen of spades the yeah the queen of spades they explain in the beginning very briefly that the queen of spades is the is the is the game ender if you get the queen of spades that's it you lost period um so uh andre pulls the queen i can't remember actually who pulled the queen of spades but either way it's the wrong it's the it's the yeah, bad herman. card he yeah herman it. He thought that's right. He thought it was an ace, but it turned into mm -hmm. a queen of spades. And it's like, oh, shit. So he loses it. His whole literally, life. Literally, literally and figuratively, um, he loses it. And so he just goes numb. And this is where I thought it was really weird. Um, Andre then starts feeling sorry for him because he just starts going over and over three, seven, ace, three, seven, ace. And he's lost his entire life savings. And. He he's just he's shut down and he's just sitting there and Andre is help gets him up and he's like, it's OK, it's OK. And he starts mm -hmm. he starts leading him out to I have no idea. Maybe he's leading him out to his apartment. To the streets. I don't know, to the streets. <laughs> 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 to the streets. 
But he takes him out and, and he's just saying over and over, Herman, three, seven, ace, three, seven, ace. And finally he says, three, seven, queen. And it's just like, oh, shit, that's it. That's end. So, okay. Again, like I said, I don't know where he was leading him to. I think it was interesting that he took pity on him at this point. But even though he was helping him out now, Andre uh, leading Herman out and trying to be nice to him, I don't think he was going to give him his money back. So he didn't feel that sorry for him. <laughs> the, the, no, the that's prince, his fucking money now. <laughs> the prince, Andre, did not need this money at all. <laughs> He could have, he could have given it back to Herman, but he's like, fuck this. We played a real game. This money's mine. Yeah. This is like money. He's a man of his word. Here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so at the end of the movie is we have no idea what ends up happening to Herman. Um, poor guy has lost it. And uh, we see Andre and Lisa together, which they're, they're together now. They're happy, which I thought mm-hmm. was so sweet. And Lisa and Andre are celebrating um, being together by going to oh this is where he could have given market. the money yeah this is probably where he gave he he gave the money because he's remember in the beginning Lisa had said if I had enough money I'd come back here and I'd let all the birds free so maybe he gave the money to Lisa but Andre so and Lisa are together the yes they're showing them opening all the bird cages and letting all the birds fly free and I thought that was so sweet that they ended it like that Aww. I was completely glued to the screen watching this movie. I loved it completely. Um, I I couldn't turn away. I was just sitting there with literally sometimes with my mouth open. Um, I love the imagery that they used for when they were telling the story out of the book. I following along, trying to figure out what was going on with Stalker Boy. When we find out what's going on with Stalker Boy, I was just, I loved it so much. How about you? How about you? Yeah, I loved it. It was a really good story. It was just like you would tell a a haunted story, you know. Obviously, uh, probably it was more effective as a scary story in the in the original story where it's written. And to make it into a movie, though, I thought was very interesting. It does have, um, I think, just following along, it was kind of told like somebody is telling you a story. Um, and who knows, like if the Countess was really ghosty or whatever, it was probably just his evilness inside of him that made him think those things. Who knows? But I did. Ooh, I did. I like, like it. that. I like mm-hmm. the way you said that. Who knows if she was really good? It could have just been his own inner demons coming out and fucking with him. You're right. For so long, just um, just eating away at him that he couldn't have fun like everybody else. And he's in the streets, Dalia. That's where they go. He's in the streets. <laughs> Just like the men he was ignoring. Because remember during the film? See how he used film? <laughs> there were some men asking for money and he ignored them. Now he's the one in the streets. That was cut. Ooh. That was a deleted scene. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, my gosh. But yeah, he was he was a total jerk from the beginning. He wasn't a nice guy. It didn't matter that nobody else liked him. He was not a nice guy from the beginning because he was being all stalkerish. Like you said, he was being a voyeur. He was just not a good guy. And then in the end, he gets it. So Alma, oh, I forgot. Where did we catch this movie? Do you remember? Oh, I caught mine on AMC Plus um, through the Roku channel. But um, Dalia told me, I think you found it on Shudder. 
Was it Shutter? I can't remember. See, I already forgot. It's, See, people never never count on me for any news because I forget everything <laughs> within a day. I just well, do. it is available on both the Shutter and you know how if it's different from Shutter, you know you have to have it from a subscription from somewhere else. I have Roku, so I had it available on Shutter through the Roku channel and on AMC Plus through the Roku channel. It's like why did they do that? It's like different. Sometimes it's the same or you might have some different extra things or whatever, but um basically, yeah, it, it's on one of those two so you can find it. Yeah, look it up. And even though we always spoil, of course, we always give all the spoilers. I think it's still a beautiful movie, uh, excuse me, film that y'all can mm. check out and and then just let us know if y'all liked it or not. What? Well, do you want to play the game? Because I got the rules. Dahlia okay, and tell I. Us the, tell us the rules. <laughs> tell us the rules. Dahlia and I, um, when we were kids, because we was Poe, um, we had <laughs> encyclopedias, though, thanks to Dahlia, convincing our mother that she should buy encyclopedias because we're going to be so studious. And, you know, we did read the hell out of those fucking encyclopedias because we learned lots of shit. <laughs> and we didn't just read one volume. We went thoroughly through all of those books. And one thing we learned was card games. In the encyclopedia, you can find card games. So this was funny because you know how it says it's a game of Snap was more commonly called um, it Snap, but this is called Pharaoh. Dalia and I played a little game that we learned from the encyclopedias called, what was it, Dalia? I know you know. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. We played that game all the time. Yeah. We learned all it. All the time. It was one of our favorite games. And then as adults... We played that game and we're like, somebody said, hey, you want to play bullshit? And I was like, <laughs> sure, but I don't know what that is. What's bullshit? And they were explaining the rules. And I'm like, I know that game. It's called I Don't Believe You. <laughs> I got looked at so stupid. <laughs> uh, I don't believe you. Yeah. You know, you turn the card over and you put the card and you don't show it. And then if I don't believe you, I yell, I don't believe you. And you have to turn it over. And if you're telling the truth, I have to take all your cards. And if not, you take all the cards. So that was the game. And we called it that because we learned it from the fucking encyclopedia, which is the PG name for it. So this game yeah, that was is funny. called Pharaoh. And it is, um, it's of the late 17th century French, Dahlia. That's why you were oh, feeling that Frenchness. I was Gambling feeling the Frenchness. <laughs> Using cards, it's descended from Basset and belongs to. It comes from um, the names of banks, Pharaoh or Pharaoh Bank. Okay, and it and it said it was from a family of games to the use of banker and a several players. So the one guy was the banker, and then other players would um, play the game. Winning, winning or losing occurs when cards turned up by the banker match those already exposed. So the banker was the one turning over the cards and the other person was choosing their cards. A game of Pharaoh, often called a Pharaoh bank. It was played with an entire deck of playing cards. One person was designated the banker and an intermediate number of players known as punters could be admitted. Chips, 
called checks were purchased by the punter from the banker or house in the game. Bet values and limits were set by the house. That's why when they finally played the game, he said, we don't bet more than 250 rubles. Um, and he ended up betting 75 or whatever the amount was. So that that's basically it. Like he has the cards and then you turn it over. And I have like a, a diagram if we want to learn how to play it. The Pharaoh table, with, they, they have like these rules and the kind of table, but it's basically a deck of cards was shuffled and placed inside a dealing box. And um, the first card in the dealing box was called the soda. And it, there's, you can find them all in your Wikipedia, which is the internet's version of our encyclopedia. <laughs> So, so I like anyway. I like using I like using Wikipedia because when I go uh -huh. to Wikipedia, you see all the the you can actually see all the references at the bottom, and that's how I use Wikipedia. So uh, I'm gonna look up where the game is actually uh, where the game is actually I don't know played out or explained. There we go. And then I want to play it next time we get together. I want to play this game and 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 beat you and i'm going to use the cards three seven and ace to see if i can actually win um but <laughs> uh and then we'll we'll play it like they did in the movie with the queen of spades being the bat or oh, maybe we can in the days it, of the dude. Your... yeah let's make it the king fuck that guy right yeah let's do that the king of spades fuck him That'll yeah, let's be start our making evil up part. evil things about dudes. Well, we don't have to make them up because that's real life. Ooh, oh, oh my God, serious. She got <laughs> way too serious. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thank you for joining us for this movie, Queen of Spades. Really enjoyed talking about it. Look it up. Tell us what you all think. Uh, and all that good stuff. So Alma, tell our free people. Oh, tell well, people. <laughs> I people. can't talk. People. I will be people. robot too. <laughs> <laughs> tell people and don't be a robot. I, I'm not going to be able to stop laughing if you do that. <laughs> um, tell people where to find us on the interwebs. Uh, you can search us up on the internet. Internet. On, I'll think of it in a second. At... <laughs> nightmaremoviepodcast.com you can visit us on instagram at nightmaremoviepodcast our twitter is at nightmare on fifth that's nightmare on five th you can visit us where you want to read stuff over on horrormovieblog.com and our instagram well actually it's our twitter for that is at horrormovieblog I was trying to unmute myself and it just wouldn't unmute. I'm sitting here like I'm panicking, like, oh, my God, unmute, please. <laughs> unmute, Dalia. You need to tell us about our Patreon and how to buy me a coffee. Okay, so uh, Patreon is patreon.com slash nightmare movie podcast. And our buy me a coffee is buymeacoffee.com slash nightmare pod. And we definitely need to be caffeinated. So um, if y'all are able to go on over there and that's it for everybody and us. So apparently I can't talk anymore because I had a little too much coffee now and I don't know how to speak. So. Thank you. <laughs> All right, everybody. Bye. Peace. <laughs>